is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya, and you're listening to, to Love, Love, Sex, Sex and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. Well, I just got invited by Amalia to read a poem that I wrote in my book. Uh, and it was an inspired poem. Uh, I, I wrote it right after a friend called me. He was working down at the World Trade Center. He took 40 chiropractors down there to work on all the iron workers. They were, they were hurting from what they were doing at ground zero after 9-11. And he said, again, I realized after I wiped down the table of each man, that there was human ashes on my tables. And he said, it reminded me of, of the Holocaust. He said, it must've been, people were incinerated and he was quite depressed. And I just sat at my computer and I wrote this poem and I called him right back. And this is unedited. And I also read this poem on top of Machu Picchu in honor of all those who gave their life up so that we didn't have a nuclear war. It's called Out of the Ashes. Call me by my true name. My true name is I am. Forms come, forms go. I remain. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. From before birth to after death, I remain. There was never a time when I was not. O oh, death, where is thy sting? Heaven holds all of us in eternity. Beautiful. Wow, thank you, Ken. The soul is so wise. The soul knows everything. And like when we allow the soul to speak, we're um, just transcended into like divine intelligence. We, we just bypass all the BS of our brain. <laughs> I wish we could all just soul speak all day. It would solve so many issues. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, Today, friends, we have a very, very special guest with us, Dr. Ken Harris. Say hi, Ken. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. <laughs> and gals. I mean, I, I should say hi, people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Satya and I brought Ken on today because he's a, well, he's a very special person in my heart. I, Ken and I reconnected in human form, I guess, this last year. Um, but we go way back, ancient times. This is his book, Synchronicity. And, you know, it looks so similar to mine. They're friends. Same font, same cover. <laughs> many, many, many synchronicities between us. But Dr. Ken Harris, he's a pioneer in holistic healing. He's a chiropractor, a published author, a workshop presenter, a keynote speaker. Um, Ken's the founder of the Waldwick, Waldwick Wellness Center in New Jersey, a multi-doctor facility providing all natural health and wellness care since 1975. Ken has been married for 52 years to the same woman, Judy. Who, lucky, lucky and me. Now, Ken's accomplished a million things in his life, like too long for us to list. I've been getting to know him over this last year, and we have incredible conversations that uh, really fill my heart and sometimes keep me spinning for a while. So I'm really happy to have him here. But the main accomplishment that just boggles me 
day after day is 52 years of marriage. So we had to bring him here. Satya and I, you know, always talk about how to keep relationships alive, how to navigate our sexuality and spirituality and all the crazy things that come with um, love and navigating it. So um, we're going to jump right in. <laughs> and I know Ken gets asked this probably every day, but 52 years, like, what is the secret sauce? <laughs> what is it? So well, I, there's no magic yeah. bullet. I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, ingredients in that sauce. But I think the most important thing is to, to respect one another and give each other space in the marriage to honor, honor that each one is bringing something to the table. And, and as a result, it's not one plus one, it's one squared. You know, if I'm a whole person and my partner's a whole person, then we got something to share. So I, I wasn't always that way in the beginning. Uh, I'd be honest with you, uh, growing up, uh, I, uh, I had to mature as, as I aged and, and come to realize that my wife is not my property. She doesn't belong to me. A lot of men think that, you know, they have this attitude. I bring home the bacon, you cook it. And, you know, a woman's place years ago is in the home and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Uh, if you want to sustain a relationship, you're going to have to be uh, respectful of each other and honor the gifts that each one brings to the, to the table. And thank God for that. I mean, Judy has a skill set that I, I don't have. It. I have a skill set that she doesn't have. And yet, you know, we share, we, we do overlap. You know, mm. you know they always say uh, marriages are parallel. They don't last. Marriages that smother, they don't last. But a marriage that can have some independence in it, some space in the relationship and some overlap, that's sustainable. If you're going to do this, you're going to break apart. And if you do this, you never work together. So I think the key is to get the, that section of overlap at just the right amount. Mm. There's a lot of pieces to it. It's, it's not, there's no magic anything, folks. Would you say that your relationship is a little bit of an opposites attract type of thing or no? Well, yeah, there's got to be current. <laughs> two, two positives will repel and two negatives will repel. So, uh, I am, uh, I am of, of the type where I want to be seen, I want to be in a world, I want to be on the stage. And my wife is so beautiful, she's never competed with me. She's so happy to support me in that position. So she, she, she shies away from the public where I invite it. You know, I, I'm, the social, I'm the social one in my family. I make all our connections. But yeah, the, the, I would say I, there needs to be some, some opposition for current to flow. If, if you both, if the couple tells me they never had a fight, I say they're destined, they're going to get divorced. Because <laughs> if you don't fight, there's something wrong. When I say fight, have disagreements. No, it's true. I was married for five years. We never fought until the end. And the last fight was the final draw. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing when you can fight with someone and and then you move through it and you move past it. That's the best feeling in the world because then you know that you don't have to hold something back or not tell them something or lie about something or <laughs> you know it, you can you can say the sweep out the rug every day, sweep it out, sweep out whatever's going on and and then you can have a disagreement and you're still loved at the end of that. Nobody's, you know, leaving and running out the door at the end of that. I think there's nothing better than that. I think that's what everyone should strive for. I would say. Yeah. And 
I would no, agree. I was going to say in one of relationship building seminars, it was like, find the conflict as fast as possible, like find it as fast as possible. So you know what you're dealing with, what you're made of, and you can kind of like work through that. Sorry, Ken, you were going to say something. Well, absolutely. You know, speak your truth sooner than later. It's not what you say to each other that destroys your relationship. It's what you withhold from one another. It's what you're afraid Ooh. of saying. That's that's key. So finish, you know, finish the I want to say argument, but put your cards on the table. Now you could ask for what you want from the other person. They may not be able to give it to you, and that's okay. At least you've asked for it. It's up front. There's no hidden agendas. I would say finish, finish the fight. <laughs> Don't go to bed without res resolving it to the point where you may not be able to uh, have resolution in that moment, and it's okay. Oh, I have to hit the pause button right now and rewind because what you just said was such uh, magic and uh, joy to my ears because two things you said. One was um, say the things that you're withholding, which is so hard. Oh my gosh. And mm -hmm. so key that I've lived by that, but a lot of people don't appreciate it. And the second one was um, don't go to sleep angry i i personally cannot i can't actually sleep my boyfriend can like we have a disagreement and he would rather sleep upset because when he wakes up he's calm and for me it's like the actual the total opposite happens i i feel okay but i want to resolve it and i cannot sleep and then i have a night of no sleep if if it go if we end up sleeping in that way it's horrible for me so you said something the reason people don't tell each other the truth 100 of the truth is the fear is if i really tell you how i feel maybe you're gonna leave me it's the fear of loss it's the fear of abandonment so they withhold it and you know what you get away with nothing <laughs> because i'm at the point where judy and i even if she doesn't say it now occasionally she'll quiet down i can feel it and i'll say now i know what you're thinking you know, because we've been, we've been together, we're so we're so uh, in sync. You mm -hmm. might say we resonate. We we can we can talk without even talking at this point sometimes. But I would say, withhold nothing, ask for what you want, and do it sooner than later in the relationship. Don't keep putting it under the rug and sweeping it away. Because you know, one day you're gonna open that closet and everything's gonna fall right on your head. Mm. All the stuff you've been putting away, you didn't want to confront. So yeah, those would be some key things. Asking for what you want is is really important too. I think I think a lot of times people just kind of complain about something the person is doing, and it's kind of like the brain doesn't respond to that. It doesn't know what to do. It only knows what it's doing wrong or how or it you know I'm disappointing you or it doesn't know you know tell me what you need tell me what you need and I'll do it in a in a heartbeat you know i think men and women both appreciate that a lot i think i think men sometimes are women will express a feeling and and then men are like what i i i just pointed you i did something wrong and women if we could maybe be more you know this is what i'm needing if you could do this that would be fantastic something like that. <laughs> well, I think it's all in the way we say it, right? Because two things. One is when a man has told me what he needs in the past, like past partners, sometimes I'm offended. Like, oh, you don't think I know that or I don't see that. Or I feel like 
I can't do it. Maybe I'm the wrong person. And it's happened also when I've told that to my partner that he feels inadequate. Like it, and I don't know if it's the way we say it or it's just a bad match or like, I think that's where I've struggled the most in my relationships and in sharing it. Is this something that you learned over time, Ken, or what, how would you respond to that? Well, I think sometimes we project onto the other. It has nothing to do with our partner at all. As a matter of fact, I tell, I tell new couples when I see them and they're engaged, I say, I'm going to save you a lot of money in therapy. Are you open to hearing? Uh, are you open to hearing? My wife laughs. She says, again, he's going to give unsolicited advice. But that's, what, that's who I am. She calls me the preacher teacher. I am. That, that's, what I, that's part of my dharma. Anyway, so I say to the couple, I say, now, listen, Mary, you love Jim 90% of the time. But 10% of the time, does it kind of piss you off? And they'll, they'll very sheepishly say, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. And I, I'll do the opposite with the guy. You love Mary, Jim, but 10% of the time she triggers you, right? And here's the question you need to ask when you get triggered. What part of myself I have not loved that I am projecting onto my partner? It has nothing to do with the other person. Ram Dass mm -hmm. said this so beautifully, polish your own mirror. You know, if you're being triggered, if you're being triggered, then that's something that you need to reclaim the part of yourself you have unloved in yourself that you are now ascribing to the other person. But it's never about the other person. Like what you just said, uh, Amalia, some of your self-talk was about, I'm not good enough, I'm not inadequate. It had nothing to do with your partner. It was your own, it was your own stuff. That you no, I, I yeah. see that back and forth um, in my relationship. I'm, I'm curious to know if it's like, you believe that any two people can make it work if you both want it to work? Or it, it, is there something that, like when you met Judy, did you guys have like this instant knowing or did it no, come no, from like going through so much and creating it? The first date, we didn't even like each other. How's that? Oh, I, I love that. Thank I didn't you. even kiss a goodbye. <laughs> You know, I was, I was, um, I was, I was a player at the day in the day back in the day, and, and she was a goody gumshoes. And I said, I don't think I'm gonna get anywhere with this one. So I, I didn't even bother. But what happened was, we had about six weeks in between the intercession. I wound up sitting next to her the second time in the new semester because the way I met Judy was I wanted to avoid the Vietnam War. I took a 12 credit crash course to get a teaching certificate. Judy was an early childhood major. So I wound up in a class the first semester and we went out, but nothing, there were no sparks. It was just, you know, have a nice life. God, I'll see you again, maybe. Next semester, I wound up sitting next to her again. This time she had uh, been in a car accident in the interim and she had broken a clavicle. She was on crutches and the night and shine in armor, me, I just rendered myself to, I said, let me carry your books. Let me, I was very, very kind and caring. She hadn't seen that about me the first date. She thought I was kind of like a little bit stuck up, which I was. Full of yourself. Yeah, I was full of myself, right. But what did I know? I was 21 years old. Anyway, however, there was some physicality. When I took her home, I did kiss her this time. And in all honesty, I mean, I had never kissed a woman the way Judy kissed me. I was smitten. And I had a lot of girlfriends up until that point. But I literally, I went weak at the knees. I almost fell on the floor. So there was a soul resonance there that, that I knew on a physical level, this one was for me. And, 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 you know, I can honestly say our love grew over the years. We've been through hell. 
you know, we've been through births and deaths and traumas and everything. So, you know, this idea, you know, you're in love and, and bliss is going to last forever. It's bullshit. You learn to love each other. You learn to accept each other. You learn to see the good, the bad, and the ugly about each other. And I can honestly say Judy has seen that all of me and she's never left me. She's always been present. And I think any other woman possibly would have adios out of, <laughs> out of a relationship because I was not an easy guy. You know, I'm still, I'm pretty easy now. And in my older years now, I'm pretty tempted. So love grows, love matures. It's, it's not very fantasy land, you know, Cinderella and the white knight. So I guess there's bits of it that are, or for you, I mean, in that, in that first kiss, it kind of sounds storybook, you know, and I guess it's nice to have those memories and those, those moments, but even the most romantic of all relationships still is, is going to have to, yeah, you're going to see the good, the bad, the ugly and, and do you still love someone you still for so that part to me, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but that part to me, it, it seems like magic or miracle or something because I, or a mystery, it's a mystery. I don't know why some people have a kind of love and they, and then they receive it back and they both love each other like that, where they're just, they keep wanting to stay. They keep wanting to work it out with that person. Whereas maybe somebody else they might not have wanted to. And I guess that could just be a culmination of the experiences they had in the past and where they're at in the present and that they really want something to work. Like you were saying earlier, it just takes two people who really want, want this thing. Uh, but it seems to be a mystery why that is like who, who it is that a person would want to actually stick with, even with the, the ugly, a lot of ugly. Well, there's soul agreements. I believe there are soul agreements. And sometimes people get married to have kids and, and when the kids come into the world, that being was the purpose for them being together. And they don't have to stay the rest of their life together if it's not working out. I'm not one of those stick it out and I don't want any and all costs. No, there's got to be a give and a take. You know, I wouldn't stay in a relationship if I didn't get anything back. I mean, you know, it's a give and take. It's the hardest yoga you'll ever do. <laughs> it's the seesaw. And there's a lot of compromise in a relationship. You know, I have friends, old, some of my friends, they never got married. They're never going to be able to get married. They don't want to give up any, any of their time or autonomy. But, you know, when you're in a marriage, you have to consider the other person. You got to ask them, you know, I would like to do this. How does that impact you? There's always impact. And you got to be mindful of, of the other person. You know, if you're self-centered and all you want to do is your thing and, you know, use the other person, well, that's not going to work. You know, you can ask again yeah. what you want. You may not always get it, but make sure you ask for it. Make sure you do it sooner than later and don't ever go to bed angry. Yeah, those are three three prime things I would say. And the blame game, you know, stop pointing the fingers. It's never ever really about the other person. It's, it's your own stuff. Everything is a projection, a mirror projection, as it is in life. We're creator beings, we create our whole world. So, you know, you play gin rummy, you pick your own cards, <laughs> don't complain, you pick them. You know, as much as I know that, and I know that that's on an intellectual level, I know that I can feel myself thinking like, no, it's not always that way. No, sometimes it really is just the other person. And I had to do what I did because they did this. Like, <laughs> Here's the justification, the but. Every time you put the butt, everything in the gate after that. Now, I'll tell you a funny joke. There's two, two Italian workers. They go to work every day, Giuseppe and Carmelo, right? 
Whistle blows at noontime. They open their little lunch pail. Carmine takes out his sandwich. He takes a bite. He goes, oh, no. Kalima cheese a jelly. I don't like. And Giuseppe's watching Carmine do this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Same scenario throughout the whole week. Finally, on Friday, Carmine says, hey, Giuseppe, you tell her your wife, you don't like a cream of cheese or jelly. And he looks at me and says, what a wife. I make it myself. <laughs> and that's the truth. We Listen, we're not victims. We are not victims. And I would have to say that it's never the other person. Just, just go deep into your own soul self and ask, why am I being triggered here? What part of me have I not loved? that I'm seeing in that person. Your soulmate is the person who triggers you, by the way. It's not the person who says yes, 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 and yes to you. It's the one who challenges you. They uncover your, your shadow pieces. It brings them out from the shadow into the light of love. And in the light of love, anything can be healed. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I do really think that it, it, is, it, it is about us all the time. I mean, it, unless of course, in situations where it's, you know, cheating or you know blatant things like that i mean well, then lying. yeah if someone's lying to you you know that there's a problem they don't feel safe in the relationship remember if you withhold you're afraid and you're going to make up stories so yeah lying is a deception that you can't tolerate in a relationship it'll break the relationship apart because you're going to not say what you're really feeling and wanting again understanding that you may not always get it and that's okay too you know i've learned to give love to myself at times you know, the love I was looking for out there, I mean, my, I was telling Amalia, I think this the other day, if I didn't share it with you, my morning routine is two hours, but literally I've added something within the last six months and it's this. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I look in my eyes and I go, good morning, Kenny. Do you know you're a magnificent being and I love you and I hug myself and I smile. And that's how I start my day every day. And that's not narcissism. That's the soul talking to the persona, letting them know I'm, I'm good enough, I'm okay, I'm loved, and I don't have to get- And it wasn't always like that, right? Can no, I mean, no, I had, yeah. oh, no, I had self-hatred. Listen, I came to the point in my life where I almost tried to take my life. So no, it wasn't, folks, it wasn't, it took me 75 years to get to this point. I'm not saying that this is an, I've been polished. You know, like the stone, I've been tumbled over many times. So no, but I am so, I'm in a sweet spot in my life. I, I only wish I knew then what I know now, you know, as they say, you know. <laughs> so I think work. there's a lot of work. No, it's beautiful. I'm so happy you're sharing this with us because I think in modern day relationship, or at least like, you know, maybe Satya and my generation and the younger generation, it's like, there's this thing about love where we want um, forever attraction. We want like this juicy sex life, this really, um, we want to feel the, those sparks that we were promised from the beginning or so, all the time. And when they're not there, people just say switch, right? Like change. Um, and so we have this whole culture of polyamory. We have all the, you know, players and cheaters and lying and this and that. And it, you know, it's, it's kind of a cancer in, in our age and younger. And I think um, what we're finding or what we're questioning here in this podcast and what, why I created the podcast is um, like, I want to return to love, like the wholeness of love. I want to feel that 
that family sense of love that I never got as a child from my dysfunctional family and from all the fractures in the family unit that I never had. I never had the loving mother, the loving father, the loving uncles, the aunts, like all those people who were supposed to play that specific role um, because of the toxicity in the family unit, it, they were broken for me. And so I kept attracting more trauma, more abuse, um, and then in my personal relationships, I was choosing people like my mother, you know, narcissist, psychopathic type characters, and then getting more traumatized, but also having, you know, spiritual illumination and, and realizations of the spiritual level, but then to clear that at the sexual level, at the root chakra, and, and really bring it into an embodied reality, not just a spiritual bliss. I realized I had to figure it out in relation with another, like, so for me, it's become a spiritual practice to, you know, be in relation. And, and so he, we've been discussing, like, you know, how do, how do we actually find someone to, to do that? So my question to you, Ken, is sort of like, were, were there a set of values or something that you and Judy had or a certain, um, level of agreement because I think what a lot of people are asking what I because where I live is um you know such a single haven and it's like the the question is why do marriage at all or why have relationships at all so can you just tell us like why should we do it what what's the benefit of having <laughs> a marriage <laughs> Yes, please. Great question. Uh, yes. Well, here's, here's my read on it uh, in honesty. I, I think in the divine design, if we were in the restored state of consciousness, there wouldn't be monogamous marriages. We could potentially love many people. We think we own the other person's body in the present time consciousness when we're in this era of marriage. I own you and therefore I have exclusive rights to you. But I don't think that's really the divine design. I think there are more than one person on the planet you could have be in love with, maybe even uh, contemporary, contemporaneously. And I'm not a Mormon. I'm not promoting that, but I'm talking in the ideal state. It doesn't seem to work in, in the current state of, uh, of evolution. But I think love is love. You know, love is universal. You know, and, and you know, two men love each other, two women love each other, a man and a woman love each other. It, it's, it's beyond, it's beyond physicality. Love is, love is an emotion, a spiritual emotion. It's not, you know, the, the sexual part of love is, is the first step of many steps. I mean, you know, as you age, your body is not as, quote, equipped to be as vigorous and as amorous as you were in your 30s and, and, and 20s and 30s. But the level of love, it goes from the lower chakra, it comes to the heart chakra. When you have heart love, if you, you, you have experienced it, you got something to look forward to. You know, I, I remember the movie uh, uh, Cocoon. You remember the movie Cocoon where the aliens came on Earth and they were in the pool? Are you familiar with that movie? Not really. I think I saw it, but I don't All right. So it. anyway, the, the scene is the uh, aliens are in the pool and uh, they come out of the pool and they take human form. And uh, of course, the humans discover them. And the man is attracted to the woman because she's quite beautiful. But she says, go on the other side of the pool and I'll show you what real sex is like. And so it's a light, it's a light fusion. There's no physicality involved. It's totally a light and his whole body literally orgasms. 
And I think as we mature and we age, uh, sex takes on a whole different vibrational feel. It's not just it's not just the lower chakras that are that are unifying. Because what happens in sex, you lose state of consciousness. You know, time and space disappears. Orgasm is really connecting to the quantum mind. That's what oh, orgasm that. is. And there's a union. There's a true union of soul to soul. It's, you know. Oh my goodness. That was. My thoughts. <laughs> oh, this has been so great. Okay, we're gonna keep Ken on and do a second segment with him because um, there's just too much wisdom here. I know you guys are loving this podcast episode because uh, I am. Are Are you, Satya? Oh, loving it. Can't get enough. Most of it, <laughs> not all, Satya, not all of it. You love most of it, but there's that butt. You got that butt still. You're not, <laughs> not quite sh- sure yet. <laughs> and that's good. It's okay. It's okay. You know, because it's going to, it's going to challenge your belief system. What I said is a little bit of a challenge for you because there's, there's a part of you and everybody that thinks it's the other person at some time. Can't be all me. No, the pot, yeah. <laughs> that's the good and bad news. It is all you. Because that person is really you in another body anyway. You know, there's really only one of us in, 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 in consciousness. We're diff- fractured, we're differentiated, the eight billion life forms, but there's only one life. Super fascinating. Okay, we're gonna continue with Ken in our next episode, so stay tuned for that. Thank you, Ken, for being with us today. I'm, I'm having fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to learn more about Ken, uh, check the show notes. Uh, it's drkenharris.com. We'll put it in the show notes. It's all spelled out. Um, so you can learn more about him and grab his, his book, Synchronicity. Okay, take care. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.